0: It's the Fleming Film Show, with our very special guest star, Mr. Chris Keziah Hyde. Yay! My apologies for not doing an episode in a while. I've been very busy with the projects. But don't worry, I've got a really good episode coming up today. On today's episode, I am joined by filmmaker and podcaster Chris Keziah Hyde known for making the Chris and Clayton Chris videos and for his podcast on Spotify, Crave Writing with Kaziah Hyde. I've invited Chris on the show because me and Chris are both fans of director Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright is a director known for comedy films such as Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, but has also made films that have stood out like Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver. What me and Chris are going to do is we're going to rank Edgar Wright films from weakest to best. Egg the Wright has five films, so they've ranked them down from fifth to first. I was inspired to do this episode from Kermodon Film. This is a podcast that's been really influential on the Fleming Film show. So now I'm going to introduce you all to Chris and me and Chris are gonna rank these Egg the Wright films. Hope you all enjoy. So, Chris, lovely to have you onto the show. How do you feel about being my second guest?
1: Good, actually. Um, I've been following your show for a while. Um, I've been following your reviews for a while, and I'm actually quite surprised and glad to be on the show finally.
0: Lovely, lovely. And how's your podcast doing, Creative Writing?
1: Um, so my podcast, Creative Writing with Kasiah Hyde, is doing quite well. Um, the audience is definitely wide (laughs) um it's because it's an educational show um i have to try and make sure to be as as top because i can talk about my own stuff but i have to be as um educational as possible so the whole process of writing is i have to do my research and research takes a lot of time to compile and then fit into each episode
0: lovely lovely because i have listened to your show and i like how you link it with different like media
1: well yeah then um, my kind of understanding is you know a lot of people want to write a lot of people want have a good story in them um and the reason why I started the podcast was because of my mother-in-law-to-be. Uh She um really wants to write a book. She has an idea for it. She's had it for years. And I thought, well, what if I could try and teach her how to write uh, a book? But then I thought, well, I could expand that. I could say, well, you know, I can delve into different mediums. So film and TV with screenplays. And writing a book are very similar, but different in other ways.
0: Lovely, lovely. Now the reason why I brought you on this show today is because me and you are both mad fans of Egg the Wright.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I have to admit, uh, he's not the the most kind of prolific director. He hasn't done a lot of films, but the films that he has done. Have been moderately or really good. Um, I prefer more of his 2000s work, but his, his kind of 2010s kind of, you know, from 2010 to, to now, it's actually not been too bad. Uh, but obviously we'll talk more about that in our ranked.
0: Yeah. So have you got your list ranked I, to least favourite to favourite?
1: Yep, yeah, I've got it right here on my phone.
0: Uh, Lovely. Uh, What's your number five?
1: So my number five, and that might be controversial to some people, is Baby Driver.
0: Oh, number five, I put down The World's End.
1: Oh, right. Okay. so. Who who goes first? You know, do you talk about your reasons or?
0: So I'm going to put Baby Driver number four, so we'll talk about Baby Driver if you want.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um, so, why is this your least favorite film of his?
1: So, it's not to do with the actual story itself because it is. I I've seen it a couple of times and it is an okay film. It's I wouldn't say it's necessarily rewatchable. Uh Whenever I whenever I watch a film, I want to be able to go back and rewatch it again and again and again. And some of the films on this list I have, but Baby Driver is one of those where I'm just like, yeah, well, it's, it's fun. It's got car chases and stuff, but there's no meat on the bone kind of thing. You know, you want to have a really good story, but you want to be able to, to get that audience to rewatch it again and again and again. And I just don't see it with that film.
0: My main highlight with Baby Driver is mainly the soundtrack more than the film itself.
1: Yeah, I think that's the weakness of Edgar Wright in that respect, is he went with, let's let's have a cool soundtrack, instead of, let's have a great film.
0: That's how I feel about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well.
1: Yeah, again, I think a lot of directors nowadays... um Have kind of jumped on the get jumped on the James Gunn train, you know James Gunn
0: with Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Yeah, well, with both films, he made he made the the script. He wrote the script, but he fit songs around that. He didn't necessarily go these songs are going to be in the film, and then I'm going to write the script. He he very responsibly said so. This is what I want from the film, and this is how the songs will convey the sort of language. And I feel like with Quentin and Edgar and so many directors, they're like, oh yeah, we'll have a kickass, um, soundtrack that people will love because it's, you know, a mix of like 70s, 80s and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, no, you, you need a rewatchable film. I can watch Guardians, both 1 and 2, again and again and again. Not because of the soundtrack, but because of the content.
0: Because it's got a strong story to go with that soundtrack. Because I've yeah. heard James Gunn, he has a list of 100 songs, he cuts them down to 10.
1: Exactly. He, I, I actually, I think on Spotify once, he released all of the songs that he wanted to include in Guardians. And it was, like, I think it was, like, 500 songs... No way. ...in this playlist, and... I don't know where it is now. I think it might still be on there. But there was 500 songs, and they were all from, like, the 70s, 80s, all that kind of thing. And it was so weird, because it was like, yeah, this song could work, but it doesn't convey the language. So I think his thinking of, let's do 10 songs but let's base it around this film context.
0: Yeah, going back to Baby Driver, I'm mm. not a big fan of Ansel Elgort, but I do like Jamie Foxx and John Hamm.
1: Yeah, the main actor uh can is that his name? Um, yeah,
0: An- Ansel Elgort, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the main actor, he can't really act.
0: No, no. He, he's worse he, he's worse than Timothy Chalamet.
1: Exactly. Like, you, you may as well have Michael Cera in that role, because I think he would have put... Even though Michael Cera isn't the best actor, he would have pulled off a better performance. Or even um Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. He would have been great. But I think... I think, yeah, the supporting cast do a better job of supporting the film than the actual main characters themselves. Incidentally, I do like the... Love Interest's name, because it's the name of a, a T-Rex song.
0: Is that Lily James's character?
1: Yeah, Deborah.
0: Yeah, Deborah. Yeah. I like Lily James. She's quite good in some stuff. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what was your number four?
1: My number four's The World's End.
0: Oh, can we please talk about that next?
1: Yes. Go ahead.
0: Can I tell you why it's my least favourite Edgar Wright film?
1: Go on, then. Go so on.
0: I think compared... To the other four films he's made, mm-hmm. it just has a really basic storyline of mates going to the pub, and you don't really want to see that in a film.
1: Yeah, I get what you mean, but that's kind of uh, the setting because the the film isn't about the mates going to the pub. It's about the town. It, well, it's not even just about the town. It's the the setting is the town and the situation. But the film itself is about Simon Pegg's character who wants to reclaim that nostalgia because he's so wrapped up in his mind. He's, he, he wants to revisit the glory days and all the other people in, in the scenario, like Martin Freeman and, and, um, Nick yeah. Frost and Paddy Constantine.
0: And Eddie Marston.
1: And Eddie Marston. They just want to move on with their lives. They want to Move on. They want yeah, they want they they've got careers, they've got families, they've got lives. You know, they're not stuck in the glory days like some Peggs character is. And that's why I that's why I think I like the film that much, is because it's it's like you've all got that one friend in that friendship circle. That wants to go back to the glory days and you can't, like you've got to, the whole point of the film is you've got to move on with your life. And then, uh, it kind of, it does get a bit clouded because there's the alien invasion kind of subtext that kind of throws into the mix. And I think that's where it goes wrong is it relies too much on, uh, cool special effects and uh, this kind of secondary story which clouds the original context of the film, but again the soundtrack's phenomenal
0: it is phenomenal it, well it 's like what you said about baby driver it 's just a cool soundtrack with another film
1: yeah 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 i think I think that 's where another reason why the world's end goes wrong is because you know it was part of the cornetto trilogy. So they needed to have a third film and they didn't have the whole three film yeah, structure in de- place.
0: Definitely. Uh, can I say to you one, one thing about Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's uh, characters? Yes. I don't like them playing the other way round for some reason.
1: So, yeah. Uh, Simon Pegg being the co- comedy and... Nick yeah. being
0: serious. Yeah.
1: It I doesn't think, work. I think, yeah. It may not work in that respect, but it was, it again, it was an experiment, and I'm all for directors and actors and writers experimenting with the formula, because in the first two Cornetto trilogy films, you've got a formula, you know? You've got comedy, serious, and you've got these kind of events that happen in the, the, the story. But I think with this... They went a bit too far in the experimentation.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I
1: think that's where the film falls flat.
0: Yeah. Mind you, it was nice they added Pierce Brosnan into the film.
1: Yeah, and they had Rosamund Pike. She's um, a brilliant actress. Well, yeah, they had, again, like with Baby Driver, the supporting cast was great. It was just... I, I don't think they really had a concrete kind of... So this is this is the story, I think they started off with a really good premise and then they kind of went a bit sideways.
0: Yeah, there's, it was the first ever egg right film I saw in cinema.
1: Really? Yes. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah, it was mine as well. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing it on holiday.
0: And I did not like the ending.
1: See it was annoying for me because I was sat in the cinema watching the film and I didn't actually get to see the ending because we had to leave the cinema early. Um, I can't remember why, but... Uh, you watched I it later started. on? Pardon?
0: Did you watch it later on then?
1: I did. I watched it when it came out and I have to admit the ending is okay. But, but... it's too
0: far-fetched.
1: I think if they were going to do a Cornetto trilogy, they should have done, cause the first flavour, the, the, you know, strawberry is Sean the second flavour, original, is, uh, Hot Fuzz, and the third flavour, Mint, I don't think should have been an alien invasion. It should have been something a, bi- a bit more, I don't know, like, either a bit more surreal, or a bit more formulaic.
0: Yeah, 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 so let's get to the top three then, Uh, what did you put for three?
1: Right, so I had Scott Pilgrim versus The World.
0: I've got Shaun of the Dead.
1: Oh, right, okay, so what what are we going to talk about first, are we going to talk Shaun or are we going to talk Scott?
0: Let's talk about Scott Pilgrim because I've got that at number two.
1: Yeah, I've got Shauna's number two actually, so that's quite funny. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So lovely, lovely. Uh I don't know, I just have a big love for Scott Pilgrim. It was the second film I reviewed and I've just been in love with it since.
1: Hmm. I have to admit, um it was only up until recently that I thought Scott Pilgrim is a really good film. But that's the thing, is it took me about 10 years to figure that out, you know, with most of the films on these lists, on this list, I more or less immediately knew whereabouts they were, but Scott Pilgrim took about 10 years to fester in my mind, and... Yeah, there's some great performances from uh, Michael Sarah and uh, Chris Evans and
0: Anna Kendrick,
1: Anna Kendrick and Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, um, and I can't remember the girl's name. May Whitman. No.
0: Bree Larson.
1: No. It's Alison the. Pill. No, it's the person who plays um, Ramona. Ramona. Yeah.
0: Oh, Mary, Mary Elizabeth uh, Win, Winstead.
1: Yes, that's her. She's yeah. a phenomenal actress. I've seen her in other films and she does such a great job. But I think in this, she, she did the best of what she was given. Um, because obviously, obviously it's about Scott Pilgrim, but you don't necessarily see her side of things. Um, and I just, again, I feel like with Scott Pilgrim, it's a great film. It's not necessarily rewatchable because in recent years, I've watched it about once or twice. Um, if anything, it would, if it wasn't for the world's end being so bad, it would have been lower. But I think with Scott, it was, it's a great film. It's got a really fun, Energetic feel to the film, but I think it came out, it definitely came out way too kind of like it was ahead of its time.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely because of how different it is compared to all the other films on this list.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been better if it, if it came out in the last couple of years, it would have been better. It would have made a franchise, I think. I...
0: I have spoken to a couple of fans who are fans of the comic books Mm -hmm. and they said it would have worked better as a series.
1: Like a TV series? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been good because you could have had each X as an episode and fully explored the characters within the episode. I think, yeah, that would have been fun. Um, And again, you know, because they could theoretically do it you know, Amazon Prime or Netflix, or you know, you know, streaming services could pick it up as a TV show.
0: And I would still let Edgar Wright be the creator of it.
1: I think he would be better as a creative consultant or a producer. I don't. I think I'd like to see someone else's take on it.
0: So, uh, shall we move on to Shaun of the Dead?
1: Yes, let's go for that.
0: All right, Shaun of the Dead. Is a classic and so rewatchable. But I feel like when it ends, you just kind of feel like you want more.
1: Yeah, I think that's the great thing about Shaun the Dead is it leaves you wanting more. It leaves you wanting a sequel just to, just to see the characters and explore their lives again. But that's where I think it's best is you'd, although you want to see more of it. By seeing more, it may ruin what was already good about it. Um, and I have to say, every Halloween I rewatch uh Sean Dead. Uh ever since I first watched it back in the twenty tens. Um, I have always always put it as a Halloween film because it's I don't necessarily watch horror films on Halloween. I watch a mix of horror and horror comedy and comedy.
0: That's what I try and do with Halloween. I try and like mix up into like different roots of Halloween films and Mm -hmm. horror films.
1: And I think that's good because, for example, with Shaun the Dead, it's a it's a horror film. It's based off a horror premise like Day of the Dead, Night of the Dead, all that kind of stuff. It's based off, uh, Giorgio Romero's work, but it's a comedy because it's, it's, the zombies take a back seat. You don't even, they don't even mention the word zombie in the film.
0: They don't mention zombies and the word zombie in any film.
1: Uh, There are, there are some zombie films that they do mention the word zombie, but they're not as, as big as, for example, like the walking dead or um 28 days later 28 days later or but i think it's because when you call attention to the creature especially the word zombie it can either be very polarizing for the audience or it can be very kind of caricatural so you're painting them as a specific type um but i think with with Shaun the Dead they do it really well where they they don't mention it because it's. Com- it, they try and make it comedic, you know. There's close. There's there's times where he nearly mentions the word, and Sean's like, "No, no, we're not doing that." No, <laughs> and it's it's that comedic tone that comes out. Um, and it's the fact that the the zombies themselves take a backseat. It's basically a love story. It is a rom com, but it's a zom rom com.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's Edgar Wright's uh, debut film, and it is very impressive for a debut film, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think not many directors have had a success with their debut films. Uh, you don't hear like um, you don't hear like Christopher Nolan um, immediately jumping on to the, you know the um, Batman from the following. Uh, George Lucas didn't immediately um, jump on to, to other films after, um, I think it was THX 1-7-something. Yeah. Um. So a lot of directors don't get that lucky opportunity of having a big hit on their hands and then the studio saying, we want more. Um and I think that's where Edgar Wright is a better director because his first choice could have been his short f- Uh he did a a short film which was very similar to Hot Fuzz. Um it's actually on the bonus features of Hot Fuzz. Oh, I'll have and to it, check that out. It's such a bad short film that I'm glad that wasn't his breakout film. I'm glad it was um Sean the Dead. Because Spaced, for example, that was uh, the show that he was working on before Shaun the Dead, was, in this country, a big hit. And that's what caught people's attention.
0: Yeah, and he also made that music video with Noel
1: Fielding. He did, yeah, but I don't think a lot of people remember him for that. Um, But a great music video. I still watch that music video to this day, actually. Uh, same, um, I just love the song from it, too. Yeah, Blue Song by um, Mint Royale. Um, again, really good song, really good choice because it's it's got Nick Frost in it, actually.
0: Yes, it you does, know. and Julian Barrett.
1: Yeah, um, and I think that was, like, the... Because it, it... That music video does feel a bit like Mighty Boosh in a way.
0: So yeah, a little bit. It,
1: in essence, that is the kind of beginnings of the Mikey Boosh. Or a crossover.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, now, uh, now we've gone through all of this, shall we get on to number one?
1: Yeah, what could number one possibly be? I don't know. I really no. don't
0: know. No, I don't either. <laughs>
1: Hot fuzz. It's everyone's favourite film. Of Edgar Wright, I think. Um, I don't think I've ever met anyone who has said Hot Fuzz isn't great.
0: I've known a couple of people who have actually said Scott Pilgrim would be higher than Hot Fuzz.
1: That that's controversial. Yeah, very controversial. I don't think I agree with that. No, neither neither would I. Um, Um, go on then. Why why do you like Hot Fuzz?
0: It's my favourite comedy of all time.
1: What specifically about it, though? Because there are are certain bits about it that I love, but it's not necessarily what everyone else would.
0: I feel like he is a big fish that goes into a small pond, which is normally, like, the opposite way around. Mm. And with all, like, the references to Bad Boys and Point Break and Die Hard, and just the, to me, the talents of Peg and Frost... Along with the other supporting casts, who are also fantastic.
1: Yeah. um, I have to admit, my favourite thing about Hot Fuzz isn't necessarily the big jokes where they, you know, reference certain films, but it's their smaller, more subtle jokes like the swan joke that keeps reappearing the swan gag um because it's because the payoff of that joke is funnier than the joke entirely but it's the fact that it it subtly throughout the film it sets up this joke and then it gets higher and higher and then you see the payoff and it's like wow you know there couldn't have been a better payoff than that joke i feel like Hot Fuzz was probably their favorite film to to make. M- uh, M- it must
0: be, must be
1: because you can clearly tell everyone's having a great time doing that film. Um Paddy Constantine and um Rose Bell. Yeah. Um they both that I could see a sitcom of their detectives. Just purely because of that film. I could see a spin-off TV show with them. And it's just them getting a case every week, and they're like, I can't be asked."
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that, would um, that would be hilarious. And let's not forget, since that film came out, Olivia Colman, bearing in mind she's in the sporting cast, has won yeah. an Academy Award.
1: Yeah, Olivia Colman, Sophie from Peep Show. Um, she well, obviously she's been Hot Fuzz as well. Um Broadchurch. It's, it's the fact that if they re-release that film now, they could say, like, Hot Fuzz with Oscar winner Olivia Coleman. Like, I think that would have been a funny joke to include um, if they were to re-release it as, like, a, you know, a, because it's, t- um, because now we're in the 2020s, in 2027, it'll be about, what,
0: Twenty years old. Twenty
1: years, so I think they should do a twentieth anniversary.
0: That would be fun.
1: Um, again, you've got Jim Broadbent, who is an amazing actor. Um, he's been in like Harry Potter, uh, Mulan Rouge. Um, he's Gangs of been...
0: New York. He was Gangs in Gangs
1: of New York. He's been in so many good films, but I have to admit. The, the cast in this film, like David Bradley. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Um just there's so many great actors in, and um Stephen Merchant. Yes, uh,
0: he he's a swan bloke.
1: Yeah, he um has a cameo, which is amazing because he's a great actor.
0: Uh Kate Blanchett.
1: Kate Blanchett, who again has a cameo, and you never see her full face.
0: No, you don't. And she and she won her second Oscar after that after that film in 2013.
1: Yes, yeah, so and there's two Oscar winners in that film technically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just I find the film very re. re- I find the film very rewatchable. Uh, over
0: and over again.
1: I've seen it countless times. Um, I think I don't think I've seen it as much as Dark Knight uh, because that's my rewatched film of all time. Um,
0: I couldn't tell you what mine is.
1: I can I can guess. Probably Fight Club. Probably. Yeah. Um, but again, I just find and the fact that with Hot Fuzz. They actually went, uh, they went to ex-police officers to talk to them about various police work that they do and how much paperwork is involved because there's the ongoing joke of paperwork.
0: Which the police praise really well.
1: But that is what it is. You know, you do see in The film, it is a very much... It's an exaggerated, but it's very much similar to what the police do anyway. And and not a lot of police comedies have actually done the whole paperwork. It's always coffee and donuts, or, you know, they're fighting crime. But there's actually a lot that goes into police work that you don't see.
0: Exactly. And let's not forget the twist in Hot Fuzz.
1: Which one?
0: <laughs> the one where he... the well, spoilers are everyone, but when he finds out the town are secretly killing people.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't know if I would really call it a twist, because, you know, they say... They hint at the start of the film that it could be... um, It, it could be uh, Timothy Dalton's character. Um... And then when it's not right, it's like, well, yeah, but there's still the case of people dying mysteriously. So what? what is causing that? But I kind of gathered that it would have been something a bit more... Even at the time of watching it, um, when it came out, I was still kind of like, yeah, well, there must be some kind of conspiracy. And then... So I don't think the twist is set up as well as it could have been. I think that's one of their downsides, is they focus too much on the comedy that the drama doesn't match up. But again, you know, it's a comedy film. It's not meant to be taken as gospel. No, it's not. Um, but again, I, I do think that if I were to remake the film, I don't think it should be remade. No, saying. definitely not. But if I were to remake the film, I would set the... I'd set the twist up a little bit more subtly and make it... Re- you want a, you want a, a plot twist that bites. Like fight clubs? Yeah, yeah. You want one that really shocks the audience. Um... But you don't want to make it too shocking that it goes from a comedy to a a thriller or drama. You want it to still be funny, but you want to make the the plot twist shocking. And I just don't think they do that justice. That being said, it's still a great film.
0: Definitely, definitely. Right, Before we end this show, what are your thoughts on last night in Soho? Were you looking forward to that Edgar Wright 2021 film?
1: So I don't really know much about it. Can you explain? Because I've seen it's about the 60s, but, you know, it's very vague. So it stars
0: Anya Taylor-Joy. Mm-hmm. I've just started watching The Queen's Gambit. That's a really good show.
1: Yes, I want to watch Emma, her film Emma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, off the. I think it was the Jane Austen novel?
0: Yeah, Jane Austen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Matt Smith's in it.
1: Yeah, good old Doctor Who.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thomas Lynn Mackenzie, I think her name is, the girl from Jojo Rabbit.
1: Oh, okay, I know the one, yeah. Um,
0: and this is Dame Dinah Rigg's last performance.
1: Wow. Oh, yeah, because they must have filmed it a couple of years ago then.
0: Yeah, it was um, meant to come out this year, but it got delayed.
1: Yeah, well, most of them have. <laughs> Yeah, Um, everyone's still waiting on the new belt uh, on a new James Bond. Um, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm looking forward to it because I want to see a trailer and I want to see a little bit more about it, just like a synopsis of the film because.
0: Yeah, it's set to be his first horror film.
1: Oh, okay, that's intriguing because I do like a horror film, and I was je- when I was um, when I was thinking earlier before the podcast, I was thinking if I were to, um, you know, if I were to suggest a genre that Edgar Wright should, you know, dip his feet into. Next, I genuinely think horror would be a really good one to do because he's got the chops for it, he's got the talent for it, but I think not a lot of people think, a lot of people think of him as a comedy director, but he could do horror, but now I know he's doing a horror, maybe you should do a thriller.
0: Definitely, because if you look at all the films we listed, Mm -hmm. they're all kind of different films in their own way, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, they've got, apart from Baby Driver, they are mostly comedy films. Uh, Baby Driver is the one where he kind of goes a bit more drama than comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that was him trying to distance himself from comedy to, to, to say to his audience, look, you know, you know me for comedy, but I'm good at, I'm good at other stuff too. Um, I would like him to direct either an episode of the Twilight Zone, um, you know, the American remake that they've done. Oh yeah. I'd love him to do an episode of that. Or if he was going to stick to his roots and go British, he would be great at doing an episode of Inside Number Nine.
0: Oh, brilliant. That he's, would be amazing.
1: He's got the good balance. And because, uh, Inside Number Nine, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Inside Number Nine is a kind of a black comedy, drama, horror, very, um, very dark kind of gritty show. Um, some episodes are darker than others, um, but they're basically kind of self-contained anthology-based uh, series, and I genuinely think Edgar would be great on doing an episode of that.
0: He would. That would be amazing.
1: Um... Again, I think he was meant to do an episode of Doctor Who a few years ago, but he backed out. That would
0: have been cool. That would have been cool. And let's not forget he was meant to direct Ant-Man.
1: He was. See, that's another thing, is, that's another debate that would be really good, would be, if he were to direct Ant-Man, you know, what do you think would be better about that film? Because you know my opinions on Ant-Man. Yeah. You know it's not my favourite MCU film.
0: And you it's know a... I just think it's a film just to switch your head off to you, But Edgar Wright would have made it so much better.
1: I think he would have really... Because, let's be honest, Edgar Wright is a fan of comic books. You know, he's yeah. a fan of superheroes and, and all this kind of stuff. So I think he would have really made the film nuanced and he would have made it a bit like kind of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, but as Definitely. a kind of MCU film.
0: Yeah, that he, would have been amazing.
1: I think he would have really balanced the kind of drama and humanity of the situation with comedy and, you know, poise. I think he really would have been a, a great director, but then again, I'm kind of glad because he's better off without Marvel than he yeah. is with him.
0: Definitely, definitely. Right, uh before we go, do you just wanna quickly go through the uh top five? Yes,
1: sure. Yeah.
0: So number five, the world's end.
1: Uh number five for me was Baby Driver.
0: Number four for me was Baby Driver.
1: And number four for me was the world's end.
0: Number three for me was Shaun of the Dead.
1: And number three for me was Scott Pilgrim vs. The World.
0: Number two for me was Scott Pilgrim versus The World.
1: And number two for me was Shaun of the Dead.
0: And number one for me was Hotfuzz.
1: And number one for me was Hotfuzz. It's quite funny how we've got in our list, uh, if you compare the two, we've got very similar lists except they're just... They're just different slightly.
0: Well, at least we can agree on that baby driving the world's ender is two weakest and the other three are his best.
1: Yeah, I think let's wait until next year and see what Last Night in Soho brings. Um Again, I'd like to say Space as an honourable mention because he just did that show really well. It's so funny. And it's so random and weird and very much... It's it's very much Edgar Wright before he was acclaimed director Edgar Wright. You know, you really get to see a sense of... Because he does horror, he does comedy, he does drama, all in that series.
0: Nice. I'll definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, you should. Yeah,
0: right. Right, so I'm going to end it here now, uh, Chris. It's been lovely having you on the show.
1: Thank you very much. I am very pleased to uh, be a guest on your show.
0: Okay, uh, before, before, I, uh, before we go, uh, t- do you want to announce your social media and stuff?
1: Yes. So I run uh, a film production company um, called Kaziah Hyde Media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Kaziah Hyde Media. And I also have a YouTube channel, uh, just Chris Hyde, um, where I do sketches and funny episodes and, and, uh, and vlogs and stuff. I've also got a podcast called, uh, Creative Writing with Kaziah Hyde, which is on Anchor, uh, Spotify, Google Podcast Now. And I'm also working on uh, Reality Blows, which is a series that Robbie's been helping me out with. That'll be out next year.
0: And I have a cameo in it.
1: Cameo and in you it. Have me. a cameo in it, yes. But you'll have to spot the cameo. That's what you're gonna have to do. That's the that's the little game that we've put. You know, spot the Robbie in the film.
0: Am I gonna be in all of your films like Alfred Hitchcock?
1: Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be the Alfred Hitchcock of the Reality Blows universe.
0: Awesome, I'm happy with the
1: that. Stan Lee of the Reality Blows universe. I
0: love I love it. I love it. Right. Thank you very much, Chris. We'll thank see you very soon. All right. Thank
1: thank you so much. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye. Thank you very much, Chris, for appearing on today's episode. Don't forget to check out uh, Creative Writing with Keziah Hyde, which is Chris's podcast. And also check out the first two episodes of the Fleming Film Show if you've not seen them yet. And also check out Robbie's Reviews for daily reviews at robbysreview.uk. That's robbiesreviews.co.uk Bye-bye.